This episode of Spawn is brought to you by Homer, the learn to read app for kids two to eight that is not only fun for kids, but with just 15 minutes a day of use, it's proven to increase reading scores by 74%. Sign up now at learnwithhomer.com slash spawned and spawned listeners get a two month free trial. That's learnwithhomer.com slash spawned. Hello and welcome to Spawned, a common sense and hopefully fun discussion on parenting and parenting culture. Hey, I'm Liz Gumbiner. And I'm Kristen Chase, and we are the co-founders of CoolMomPics.com. On today's episode of Spawned, we are talking about kids and movies. Why we let them watch <gasps> cursing, sex, violence, sometimes all at once. And sometimes not. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, this is going to be a lively discussion. And as always, we will close out our show with our cool picks of the week. So it's funny, Liz, because we both have kind of had this on our mind. I don't know why. Same brain. But this has been happening in our house and in your house, too. You know, I think with back to school and it's fall and it starts to get dark a little earlier, it's like instead of going out for ice cream at night, we're staying home and watching more movies, maybe. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I don't know if it's changed for us at all. Summer, lots of movies. Fall, lots of movies. You know, we've talked about screen time with our kids, and one of the things that we both do in our homes is that screen time, we make it family time. We just have a blast all together watching movies from when I was younger or movies that are out now. I don't know. It's just something that we can all do together, and there's not a lot of fighting. Yeah, and <laughs> although, you know, it's interesting, and we've joked about this before. Sometimes I say, hey, you guys, let's watch a show, and they go, great, and they all pull out their iPhones, and I'm no. like, no, no, no. I mean, together on the TV. So they're used to kind of watching YouTube or Instagram videos. And the idea of like a family activity watching on the big screen, I think, is fun and special. You know, maybe that's like kind of the silver lining of all the tech is that when we do it together instead of isolated in our little corners, (laughs) that it becomes like more of a fun thing. I agree with you. I think it can be a healthier thing, too, because it leads to so many discussions. And we're going to talk about that. But I know part of how this got started was that Quinlan stayed at your house this summer. Yes. And she had mentioned to Thalia that she was watching Veep. Yeah, she said she saw Veep. Which is, if you're not familiar, the awesome show with Julia Louis-Dreyfus on HBO. And let me say right here, if you have kids in the room, this may not be the best episode to listen to with kids in the room. That's true. Because I agree with on you. shows like Veep, they tend to say things like, cock-sucking motherfucker a lot. <laughs> it's true. So hopefully your kids are out of the room by now. <laughs> yeah, nice job. If they weren't already. Yeah, no, I mean, and Veep is like blue, to use a comedy term. It is dark and blue and sexual and damn funny. But I was like, wow, you watch Veep? And then the more I thought about it, you know, the themes are very adult. The language is explicit. But there's no, like, heads being cut off and stuck on pikes. Yes. (laughs) Like in Game of Thrones. This is true. And it made me kind of think about, like, what's important to us in terms of what our kids see, what they don't see, what they see with us. So how come Quinlan was watching Veep? Well, she's really into politics. And she loves to keep up with current events. Yeah. And both my fiancé and I are huge fans of Veep. And she's also just a very mature television watcher. She watches documentaries. Like her favorite film right now is Blackfish, the documentary about SeaWorld. Yes, we saw that. I think that was one of my picks of the week last year. Yeah, I mean, she loves that kind of stuff. And she has a very dark sense of humor for a 13-year-old. And she's 13. She's 13. And, you know, to me, the stuff that's discussed on there isn't as traumatic and detrimental as like some of the other super violent, scary, awful movies and TV shows that are out there. Right. 
also, by the way, I feel like the stuff that comes up on Veep and those kinds of shows are much easier to talk about as parents. Like, how do you talk about, like, violence? Oh, my God. That's to me, is just such a challenge. It's easy to talk about why we use curse words. Exactly. Because it's funny. <laughs> <laughs> just not at school. But actually, you know, one of the things that's important to us, and I think I've mentioned this before, is we don't call them bad words. We call them curse words. Because I always say to my kids, there are no bad words. Words are bad in context and how they're used. You know, like you can say, this show is really stupid and it's not a bad word. You can look at your mother and be like, stupid and write to your bedroom, kid. Yeah. <laughs> so we kind of differentiate between cursing. But the interesting thing is Thalia, as much as I, I don't really care if she sees shows with mild cursing in it, she's uncomfortable. She uses the term inappropriate. She'll go, well, mom, there's a lot of inappropriate language. <laughs> That's our term for it. Or she'll say, mom, I can't believe you're watching this. It's very inappropriate. So for some reason, that's like her 12-year-old term for curse words or above her level is inappropriate. Well, you know, I feel like it's important for our kids to know themselves even at a very young age. And also when it comes to this kind of stuff, parents knowing their own kids. So while Quinlan might be watching some of this stuff, my other kids, I have a six-year-old, an eight-year-old, and a 10-year-old are not. And I know by now what things they enjoy and can watch and what things they really shouldn't. And while I would like them to be able to make that choice at some point in time to be able to advocate for themselves, mm -hmm. sometimes they're not able to do that. And then I need to jump in and say, you know what? This isn't going to be right for everybody. So we need to watch something else. And you have to get four kids to agree, which is tough. I mean, I had all four kids this summer and it was the same thing. Trying to get an eight-year-old, a 13-year-old, and two in between to agree on stuff was tough. So when it's Thalia and Sage, like Thalia is dying to watch Stranger Things. And I know she would love it because she loves dark themes. She likes suspense. There are a couple like little jump scares in there. I know you haven't even watched it. No. <laughs> it's not your nope. kind of show. Nope. It's really fun. But I can't watch it with Sage because Sage gets very stressed out. She doesn't like tension a lot. She really likes like Mythbusters and documentary shows like that. She still likes America's Funniest Home Videos. Oh, yeah. So as mature as she is as a 10-year-old, and she's read some pretty adult books, she, when it comes to movies like I think the tension and the stress even of like superhero movies it's too much for her so to your point I think knowing your kids really matters it does and you know what's interesting is that Quinlan while she can watch you know something like Veep she loved House of Cards that, see that's fascinating because my kids wouldn't even they wouldn't get it they'd Yo, be bored she loved House of Cards but we put on something about Mary over the weekend oh my god and she <laughs> could not get through it because of the tension and the anxiety because you remember, like, the poor Ben Stiller character just goes through so much shit in that it's movie. It's over the top, yeah. It is, and she couldn't take it. She walked out in the middle. She's like, I'm done. I can't well, watch that, it. So she didn't get to the hair gel point, because that would be a tough discussion <laughs> for my kids. <laughs> we totally discussed it with her. She, We actually did get there. Oh, my gosh. It wasn't that she was so grossed out. It was, you know, and I get the same way, too. Like, for instance, another Ben Stiller movie, Meet the Parents. I hate it, because it's so anxiety-provoking. I feel like the tension is just... You can cut it with a knife, and I like hate. I that. like cringe humor. Like, do you like Larry David? No, I hate it. It, I cringe. But you like Veep because Veep is like super cringe humor. Like every person in there, you're going, oh no, God. Yeah, I don't get that as much with Veep as I do with like. Let's just use the example. There's something about Mary, and yeah. it was so funny to watch her just like sit and like hide. And and I get that when things are uncomfortable, 
uncomfortable. It's not gross. It's not disgusting. It's not scary, but it's just uncomfortable. I hate it. And so does she. And so it's just kind of funny. I mean, I really think you have to know your own kids. Well, I think you're actually bringing up a really important point. And I think this is something that we don't talk about enough. When you look at ratings for movies yes. and when you discuss what's appropriate or not, to use Thalia's term, it's generally sex, violence, drugs, and language. Sex, violence, yeah. drugs, language. Uh, drugs maybe even like less so to some degree. And you think about actually what's important to us as parents that our kids see or, or don't see or what we are going to have to, you know, have a lot of discussions about before we see. For me, it's like sexist and racist and stereotypical portrayals of people that are inappropriate or cruel or make me uncomfortable. Yeah. It's also some things that are like we've just evolved. Times have evolved. And so we've talked before about how sometimes we see things from our childhood that we're so nostalgic for. We can't wait to show to our kids. And then you see it now and you think, oh, my God, how did I watch this as a kid? Or, you know, have you seen like Breakfast at Tiffany's recently? No, not With recently. With Mickey Rooney doing a China man impression. Uh. Kristen. Yeah. It's painful. And so yeah, as much yeah, as yeah. I have great memories of that movie, I'm like, I, I, don't know, I don't know. I'd probably be more comfortable showing Veep to my kids. Well, <laughs> if that's a really, really great point. Because I think, you know, way back when, when like the PG, PG-13, even the R ratings back in like the 1980s, they're so different. And I think yeah. especially watching them now as a parent, as opposed to even watching movies back in college, I'm much more keyed into portrayal of women, portrayal of minorities. Oh, and there's always, like, the fat kid who's the kid that they make fun of yes. in, like, every childhood movie, yes. like Goonies and E.T. And my kids are more sensitive to that these days. And that's something that doesn't factor into ratings. Yeah, I agree with you. Like, I would, quite frankly, much rather watch a movie with my kids that had cursing as opposed to something that really emphasized cultural or racial stereotypes. I don't know if it's that we've evolved. You know, our parents are different than we are as parents. But I do feel as though movies overall have changed. Don't you agree? Well, actually, Kristen, I did yes. a little data nerd sleuthing for you. Ooh. Data nerd. Yay! Um, on how movies have changed over the years. So first of all, I think a lot of people don't realize PG-13 only started in 1984. Now, for some of us, that was during our lifetimes. Yes. <laughs> Steven Spielberg recommended it because he came out with Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom oh. and thought, well, this would be great for kids. And people at the Motion Picture Association were like, mm, nope, too violent. R. Well, an R movie is like the kiss of death for most movies. Like the best grossing movies tend to be G and PG. So yeah, that's how they came up with PG-13. You know, it's for 13 and up and parental guidance suggested so your kid could still see it, but not alone. Now that kids don't even go to the movie theaters anymore, it matters less. It's more like for us, right, as a guide. Yes. The other thing I found out, um, there was a 2013 report that movies have gotten more violent over the years. Like, we've just become more desensitized to things. Like, I don't know if you remember the one big jump scare in Jaws way back when where, like, the head floats out. It looks so fake. And, like, that was the big scary thing. I do remember that, yes. Like, it's gotten worse. I agree. So the MPAA has said that violence in films has more than doubled since 1950 and wow. gun violence in particular. Yes. And PG-13 rated films has more than tripled since 1985 alone. So I think the ratings are also evolving to accommodate cultural standards and the audience that's changing. We can put a link to this. There's a lot of good information on Common Sense Media, which is kind of my go-to site. And then there was this ratings creep study in 2004. Now, that's a little dated, but I would imagine that the findings hold up. It was through Harvard. And what they found out is that today's PG and PG-13 movies have more sexual and violent content than a similarly rated movie in the past. Hmm. But yeah. again, that's not the only way for parents to evaluate 
movies. True. As we were talking about. Like, I mean, Greece, right? Isn't yep. that like the number one example we always talk about? Ah, uh, yes, Greece. Your favorite. Yes. You're, you love to talk about Greece. No, I told you. I'm going to, one day when I retire, I'm going to be doing like Greece through a feminist lens college course at the new school. Mark my words. Sign me up. Um, but look, when you hear like the chicks will cream, like we were singing that literally oh. in music class when I was yep. 10 years old. <laughs> like now I'm yes. going, oh my God. But also, you know, it's a good lesson that sometimes we get really nervous about that stuff. Like, ooh, there's this one lyric or there's this one crush word. Honestly, it goes over our kids' heads. They just don't focus on that stuff. They focus on the dancing and the singing and the, you know, like the scenes that are fun and engaging to them. So in a way, I feel like, you know, we can ease up a little on the idea of like one F-bomb or one sexual reference traumatizing our kids for life. Absolutely. And as someone who wrote a book about sex, I feel like it's important for us to talk about that, to talk about relationships. And I feel as though it's much less damaging. And of course, we can get into you know, obvious feminist issues with how sex can be portrayed, of course. Mm -hmm. But if you compare sex and violence, I mean, it's out of control when it comes to violence. And I am much more apt to let my kids watch a show or a movie where there might be some sexual overtones, there might be curse words, as opposed to a show that may not have anything to do with any kind of sex or relationships, but has a lot of violence. Yeah. And that might just be my personal preference, but I feel as though we have taken sex and relationship and really like ostracized them and we have glorified violence. And I feel like there is a direct correlation between that and also what's happening in society. I agree. Sex and violence on their own without a lesson or without parental guidance, it's not a bad thing per se. It's a, it depends like on the context. We saw this summer, we watched Hancock with the kids. Did you ever see that? No. The Will Smith superhero movie. Oh my gosh. It's really funny. He's like this reluctant superhero. But instead of like the greatest American heroes where he's like, I'm a dorky blonde guy from California. <laughs> He's like this like tough East L.A. street guy who like yeah. drinks too much and sleeps on park benches and curses at everybody. And every time he fixes something or like saves the day, he gets so over the top with like destroying the stuff around him. Yeah. That instead of like the second he saves the day and captures the criminals instead of everybody going, yay, everyone's like, oh, Hancock, you asshole. <laughs> and so everybody calls him an asshole in the movie. But you know what? There's like a great lesson in it, too. It's really really about like being kind to others and getting along and you know using powers whatever they may be for good and not evil and Jason Bateman is hilarious in the movie he's like the PR guy who tries to help change his image you should see it I think you'd like it it's really funny yeah well you're making it sound very entertaining I mean it is Hancock is great but like look a lot of parents wouldn't see it you know what I mean yeah. like they'd be like oh kids say the word asshole yeah and I thought yeah but it's not like without purpose <laughs> and yeah, he's yeah. an asshole <laughs> <laughs> it's not without purpose as my daughter said recently Mom, I'm in seventh grade. I know everything. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> well, you know what? You brought up a really good point because you mentioned that you and, and I do the same thing, watch this stuff with our kids. And I think yeah. that is a huge differentiator. I do not let my kids run off or put these on their iPads. For instance, we just had a long plane ride back and forth to Hawaii. Oh, these yeah. were nowhere on their gadgetry. Maybe my oldest could watch some of this stuff, but she is still sensitive and I know 
what she's sensitive about. So I won't let her put certain things on there or watch certain things alone. We watch it as a group. Is that the same for you? Are you watching this stuff with the kids? You know, actually, it's funny. When John and I started dating, he thought it was so fascinating. He, it took, he says, it took him a little while to get used to it. The way I watched TV, particularly with Sage, she was younger then. So we'd be watching like a superhero movie and then I'd pause it. And I'd say, so what's happening here is blah, 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 blah. Or somebody would curse. And I'd pause it and I'd say, okay, just so you know, the reason he cursed is because his character, da, 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 and characters are defined by their choices and their dialogue. So we would have like really active watching. And at first he's like, why are you stopping the movie? The I would have stolen the remote from you. I'll be well, honest. But I would have been like, give me that remote, the, lady. The kid, well, we don't do it with <laughs> movies we haven't seen before. <laughs> we do it like, you know, we're sharing our movies with the kids. And we don't have to do it as much anymore because they're a little older. But it helped her understand the movie and process it and really enjoy it so that then the second time we all watched it together, we didn't have to stop the movie. So now that's obviously not for everybody. But when they were younger, it's kind of how I was able to process like more complex films with them. Like look, even superhero movies, it's really hard to follow all the plots. Like Wonder Woman, that's a war movie. That's a World War One. Yeah, movie. it is a war movie. <laughs> and uh, you know, no one but my oldest I saw it because I just knew that no none of my younger kids, even though love the message, love Wonder Woman, you know, and I love the movie, they wouldn't be able to handle it. Now have you stopped watching stuff in the middle? I'm curious. Yes. Actually there have been a few times that we've started to <laughs> we wanted to see best in show and we watched one scene and we were like no <laughs> they're talking about like the dog's fucking or something right off the bat we're like no. <laughs> now Aww. it's a couple years later we might be able to watch it that's but such yeah, a there's good been movie some times that we started to watch or the kids realized they just weren't into it or they were bored and you know some people feel like it's blasphemy not to finish a book or finish a movie i feel like our time is short especially with our kids you know that they want to watch movies with us and if yeah. they're not into it after a half hour unless it's you know like the group dynamic where it's like we're all watching this or you can go in your room but if nobody's into it or if we find the movie ends up being not appropriate you know what i have a great example we were watching malcolm in the middle together which was really funny at first but here's the thing that was a tv series and it came out at a time that you would watch one episode a week yeah weird right and then there'd be a second i remember season, that time a year later long, long ago so you were growing up with the characters by the time you got to season five or six you know you're a teenager so are they and there's pole dancing jokes well <laughs> with us you know we're binge watching it so all of a sudden like nine months later you're on season five and my kids are still the same age and we're like pole dancing jokes and so we stopped we stopped watching Malcolm yeah. and we said you know what we'll come back to it in a few years but right now they've aged up and like let's go back to something more appropriate for you guys. Ah, listen appropriate see you're using that language that's good I know I mean, my daughter has influenced me greatly I d- we stopped watching <laughs> stuff in the middle in fact the movie we've recently stopped watching the middle was Indiana Jones um, oh, you know my son is that's intense yeah he's 10 now and every year I'm like well maybe this year well, this will be the year that he'll be able to watch some of the things that I know he's interested in I know he would really like but he just has a really hard time processing those things visually yeah and so unfortunately it's funny I took him to get a haircut his barber who loves him and is always like Drew what are we going to talk about today you know that's when he <laughs> when he comes in and they did the haircut Drew comes out and the barber's like all right so you have to watch Jumpers okay oh. that Nicolas Cage movie the 2008 movie about the kid who can teleport yes I look at Drew and I'm like 
Are you serious? Give me a break. And Drew's like, Mom, don't bust my cover. (laughs) (laughs) Basically, he wanted the guy to think that he would like really be into those movies. And actually, I think in his mind he is. In reality, he's like watching Sing and the Angry Birds movies. Yeah. But it was just so funny to see him say to the guy, oh, yeah, that'd be great. And then knowing, okay, yeah, never going to (laughs) happen. So, sorry. You can also pretty much look at any cast and be like, oh, Samuel Jackson's in it. Maybe not. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) The Samuel Jackson test. That's a great tip. (laughs) Well, look, I remember you even talking in an early episode of Spawned about the Princess Bride and your son. Oh, I know everybody. So your kids watch all these cartoon movies that are generally Mm -hmm. not very violent. There's not a lot going on. And then all of a sudden, there's a point where they get to a certain age and you're like, oh, we can show them the movies we loved as kids. Yeah. And the Princess Bride is one of them for me. But you don't realize that there's like death (laughs) and like killing in that movie. And they really haven't seen a lot of it. And so when I showed it to my kids, they were like, thanks for showing me death, mom. And I'm like, (laughs) but it's like cartoon death. Does anybody die a violent death? I don't know. I guess 400,000 times. But but look, a sensitive kid who's sensitive to like sword fighting and tension and stuff, then yes, I could see where that would be stressful. For sure. So I mean, I feel as though you really have to take a look at how things have changed how your kids are. There's so many factors and whether you're going to be sitting there with the remote, stopping it and explaining it to them, we (laughs) have to do that with Drew. And we found that when we do that, for instance, we tried to watch the new Star Trek movies and he had a really hard time, but we're like, Mm. just hang in there. You can do it. But when we stopped and talked to him about them, it really did make a difference. Oh, so not just me. So you do it too. Yes, but I don't like doing it, Liz. Okay. Yeah, but you know, do we like everything about parenting do we like cleaning mashed potatoes off the ceiling no but we know or slime okay so we made a list mm-hmm. of current things and we're just curious right whether we would let our kids watch these things i think this is going to be fun yes so would you let your kids see dunkirk because i just saw it this weekend oh did you, Have you seen it? so i haven't seen it it's not for me we did offer to take quinlan to see it and she didn't want to go you know both of my older kids are really into World War II. They're into history. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, neither of them decided that it would be a good choice. So I'm going to veto that one. It's funny because my oldest daughter came home from theater camp. I guess they had jokes about it. So they were coming home going, Dunkirk! And and so they really wanted to see it for whatever reason they had jokes about it. And then I saw it and I was like, mm-hmm. yes, it's violence. Interestingly, my mom told me they watched out. She couldn't watch it anymore because she's so stressed about stuff in the world and war yeah. and violence right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, it was sure. too much for her. So I understand that. I thought it was extraordinary. I mean, it's Christopher Nolan, who tends mm-hmm. to be dark. Yes. The cast is unbelievable. And it's just, it's an amazing war movie well told. Now, I grew up with a dad who made me see like Bridge on the River Kwai and All's Quiet on the Western Front and like all those kinds of movies. So I always liked historic war movies. I find them really interesting and it's a great story. But I think if you see it with your kids, it's kind of in the context of a historical drama as opposed to like great action movie. Because you know what? It's a complex series of events that they're explaining. You would really have to stop a lot unless your kid is a World War II buff and explain about alliances and why they thought the Dutch guy was German and what the difference is and how come Irish people were in England. And, you know, there's a lot of like geographic stuff about World War II and the alliance that I think you have to even to even understand it and enjoy it. Yeah, well, and, and also it really happened. And I think at least for my kids and I'm sure a lot of other people's kids, that knowledge can 
can just cause a lot of anxiety to know that this really did happen. And that's kind of why I like the other kinds of feature films, the superhero films, the Star Wars, Star Trek kinds of things. Didn't really happen. But you know what? I like the educational teaching moment. Stuff. I mean, we watched Selma together a year ago, and yes, yeah, we could never you know, have done even that. I ever, cried ever, through the ever. whole thing, yeah, because I think it's important for the kids to really grasp through very good storytelling, like what that was about. And so the thing about Dunkirk is, it's not just like violence for the sake of violence. Like when you see them carrying wounded people on stretchers and people getting legs blown off, it helps your kids understand this is war. Like this is what Listen, war is. I, I'm going to agree to disagree with and you, and it depends on the kid. But I, but yeah, for me, I, look, I want them to know. But it's still violent. Violence, right? Like yes, it doesn't. Yes. And for a kid, I think we have to remember, like we're dealing with young brains. So yes. I think that is a pretty high level skill for them to be able to differentiate types of violence. Mm-hmm. I think it's an important thing to remember. Like, yes, I agree with you. Like, I think those movies are important. We just watched Slumdog Millionaire with Quinlan. Oh, that's interesting. Did she like it? She liked it, but it was uncomfortable. And yeah. and I found that movie to be very uncomfortable too. Yeah, yeah. So yes, they're teaching opportunities, but you have to know your kid because like for me I am going to be dealing with weeks and weeks of anxious children that aren't sleeping that are thinking about this all the time yeah and so as much as I love the idea of these being teaching opportunities at the same time like we can wait on that like we look, can I, wait look I hear years. you I, and I think that's really important that this is not Kristen and Liz going hey everybody take your kids to see Dunkirk because it's a good teaching experience I think you, number one most important thing you have to know your kids because you know what I would never in a million years take Sage to see it and then the other thing that's important seeing things on the small screen is really different than seeing things on the big screen yes well that's just a good point overall like they really up. wanted to see the second Maze Runner movie and everybody said it was too scary and they, my kids loved the book so they were dying to see the movie and I wouldn't take them to see it in the theater they were pissed well when we saw it on the small screen at home they were like that wasn't so bad and John and I were like Sage if you had seen those zombies jumping out at you in a movie theater you would have been hysterical <laughs> so that's the other thing is like in the comfort of your own home with the lights on <laughs> without the like Dolby stereo that might be a better opportunity to introduce kids to like slightly more intense stuff yes I agree I don't know if Dunkirk would make my list yet but yes that is a good point what about Downton Abbey yeah that's interesting I, I was going to ask you about this one too because I love Downton Abbey and yeah. I know like the very first season the first episode was the whole like naughty Turkish affair <laughs> that yes. she had with the visiting guest. But um, I don't know. I think so. I, I really loved the first couple seasons in particular, again, because of the historic value. Like I loved seeing the difference in the classes, the upstairs versus downstairs told through the lens of a historic narrative. Like you would see like, oh, the Titanic sunk. That was on the page of the newspaper that day. So I, I thought it was really cool. But then I think some of the uh, later episodes and later seasons got a little more like I think they just wouldn't be interested but I think they might like the first couple of seasons I feel the same way have your kids seen it yeah Quinlan watched it and she really liked it but we didn't really get past like the first and second season I don't know if Drew who's 10 would be interested in it even though he does love history I think another point to bring up Mm -hmm. is that you also have to think about your own sanity when you're going to dive in and watch some of these because if if I decide to watch something like this with Drew I am going to be bombarded with 400 questions and then it doesn't really become an enjoyable family activity. It is completely 100% (laughs) a learning opportunity and I'm like, I need a break. So (laughs) 
keep your own sanity in mind. So would you ever let him then watch it alone? Or do you still feel like that's the kind of thing you'd want to watch with him? He's not an alone kind of watcher of that kind of stuff. Like he would definitely want to watch it with me. Um, what about Stranger Things? We talked about that earlier. I mean, I would be okay, but I would have to watch it first. Yeah. And, you wouldn't um... get through it, Kristen. Let me just say that right <laughs> off the bat. It is like it's it's the best of kind of an 80s you know, kid caper sci-fi Stephen Kingish movie like a lot Ugh, of, kind of throwback that references. Sounds, that sounds like no, my no, worst in the nightmare. way that like Stand by Me, <laughs> Goonies, nope. ET, or it's nope. like that kind of thing. Yeah, no. Nope. But it's also got some like creepy, fun, weird, monstery science fiction stuff. I loved it. I think Thalia would love it too. I think Sage would be very freaked out. Uh, I think Quinlan would love There's it. Some creepy, you know, like oh no, the girl has disappeared and she's in the swimming pool kind of stuff. Like that. No, she couldn't handle that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we talked about Wonder woman i loved it quinlan loved it but yeah my other kids i don't think they could hack it i think that's a great one to watch at home you know what unusually sage liked it more than thalia oh really yeah which really surprised me she really likes historical stuff and i think she was just fascinated by it she didn't understand all of it yeah but she really liked it here's my recommendation when it's out on video and you don't have to pay 400 million dollars for it just watch (laughs) act one with your kids because act one is all about diana growing up on this island learning how to be a warrior basically in an all-women society and it is beautiful and magical and I think that's part of what so many women spark to like skip the whole rest of the stuff when she goes to the rest of the world but just watch act one with your kids like it's a short film and they'll love it (laughs) that's a great tip I like that um okay La La Land yeah no it's interesting because I looked up La La Land it was rated PG-13 and I'm surprised I think because there's like one fuck in there or something I hate that movie hated See, it i loved the movie but my kids are musical theater kids and they they watched it on the plane sitting next to Did me they while like I watched it? something else they loved it really i could and i am the musical person i love musicals i listen to them on spotify in my free time i've performed in them i thought that was the dumbest movie ever and i love ryan gosling see i like, loved, I loved it. him to me, it reminded me of like those magical old musicals Uh-oh, i love leslie caron and gene kelly and the- yeah American in Paris. No. That's what it reminded me of. It was like no. a throwback to this. So I liked it. But then <sighs> Moonlight deserved best picture. That was definitely a better movie. Now, how about Moonlight? Have you seen it? No, I haven't seen it. Because mm-hmm. Moonlight, I would definitely watch with my older daughter. She has a lot of questions these days about sexuality in general. You know, she has friends that are gay or just are experiencing the world in a different way than kind of we did in the way they describe each other and their sexuality. Right. Yeah. And I think that Moonlight would actually be a really good movie for her to see to have kinds of those discussions. My younger one just wouldn't be ready for it thematically. Yeah. It's yeah, a tough yeah, yeah. movie, but it's it's exquisite. I mean, yeah, it's there, really amazing. There is no shortage of awesome things to watch, whether it's television or movies for sure. And I think as parents, it's great because it can really help you address issues and themes and life situations in a way that's not as awkward as it might have been for our parents or if you had my parents just avoided them in general. But let me ask you this because you are much more in tune with common sense media. I don't really use them at all. Mm. You know, I know you've looked up some things like Breakfast Club and Dirty Dancing and Fame and like all of those oldies but goodies. Yeah. Do you find their information, their reviews 
use to be valuable? Do you utilize them on a regular basis? Because yeah. I know you check the site. So Here, I do. And you know what? It turns out now you have to register for it. So just so you know, that's the oh. new thing. But oh, um, kind new. of a pain. But, eh, you know, everyone's got to make money. So here's how I use Common Sense Media. I look at their reviews. I look at, you know, whether it says positive role models, drinking, drugs. You know, they kind of rank all these things on a scale. But right. I totally take it with a grain of salt. Then I think the most important thing to do is click over and look at the user reviews and look at what kids and adults say. Okay. Because sometimes Common Sense Media will say fame, kids 16 plus. And their review really surprised me. They come right out and say it's only age appropriate for mature teens. And they talk about frequent unbleeped swearing. And I was like, mm, I'm all right with that. Yeah, um, yeah, Topless yeah, yeah. female characters, you know, that's up to you. And then they talked about abortion, drug use, poverty, sexual identity. One male student comes out. I'm like... Oh, no. <laughs> like, our kids look at that so differently, right? Yeah. So here's what I do with Common Sense Media. I click over to the parent reviews. So I clicked over to one adult review. And sometimes you can tell where it's kids saying that they're adults, yeah, but yeah, they're not. Yeah, but yeah. she said, entertaining if your tween is a budding star. And she said, 12+. plus. And I love that she said it's kind of dated by today's standards. This huge, serious scene of a boy admitting he's gay seems really overblown since it's not unusual for teens to describe themselves as gay these days. I had to explain to my daughter why the director and writer made such a big deal out of it. Mm -hmm. That's the stuff that really helps me. Okay. And okay. so you don't want to just look at a quick review and say, oh, 16 plus, you can't watch it. Like when you read things like this or like, look, read Cool Mom Picks or listen to Spawn because we talk about this stuff specifically. We do. Yeah. You know, you don't want to get a movie dinged that your kids could learn from because a boy comes out. Like, that's so not a big deal for our kids these days. Yeah, I agree. Now, there is some stuff that's definitely, like, kind of gritty or difficult, like the, the end scene with Coco. I don't know if you remember that. That was, like, pretty tough. And I'm sure there's pop culture references, like Rocky Horror, that they're not going to necessarily get. Right. But, you know, again, like, some of the stuff goes over our kids. My daughter would just love seeing people dancing on the tables in the school <laughs> and imagining that that's what high school will be like for her. God, that was such a good one. But I, I that's know. a great point, you know, and a good reason to read all the reviews because it sounds like they're very detailed. And then you can it's not necessarily the case that you're looking for a recommendation, but you can see why someone didn't like it. And then you can decide, oh, well, that doesn't bother me. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? Uh, let me just give you one more example quickly. Okay. Secret Life of Pets. Like oh, yeah. everyone okay. loved that movie. I was really uncomfortable with that movie because I thought the racial stuff, like the racial undertones, like all the bad pets who like lived underground in the sewers and were part of a gang, they were all like clearly Latino and African-American. And yeah. that bugged me. It was hard to get over that, actually. I didn't like that. Everyone tells me I'm being too sensitive, but I don't think so. Like, I'm I'm really sensitive to that stuff. And I, I want my kids to know that it's not like, oh, look, all gang members are black and bad. And I, like, that's kind of what I got from it. I know I'm being like a little pat, but right. it made me more uncomfortable than something like Zootopia or Sing, which I thought had much better messages. Oh, that's a great point. So what can we tell our listeners in terms of the takeaways that we've put together and what we consider for ourselves and our own families that might help them when they're trying to decide what they're going to watch with their kids? Well, I'd say one, don't just rely on ratings. Know your own kid. Because an R-rated movie or a PG-13 movie from 10 or 15 years ago may be different than what you expect today. And to your point, like really know your kid, right? Yes, absolutely. You know, 
movies have evolved from when we were kids and what we remember. So I know personally, I have nostalgia for certain things that um, will might scare the hell out of my kids now. Or <laughs> oh my might... god, West Side Story, Natalie yes. Wood in like orange face playing a Latina. <laughs> like, yes, I it's know. not as fun to watch these days. My it's kids true. would be like, "Why is she pretending to be Latina?" <laughs> I know, I know. Great. So point. yeah, we don't let your nostalgia get in the way. Um, like kind of research that stuff first. Yep. Because you might forget a few things. Also, I think watch with your kids, to your point. Agree. And it's okay to pause movies and stop and explain them. And it's also okay to stop completely and walk away, like we did with Malcolm in the Middle. Not everything has to be like a two-hour commitment. If you sit down and within 15 minutes you feel like this is wrong, just turn it off. And in the end, you know what I think is the best advice? You're the parent. You know your kids best. It doesn't matter if your kid comes home saying, well, everybody else is watching The Walking Dead in eighth grade. If you don't want them to watch it, they're not watching it. Absolutely. Well, we'd love to hear from you listeners, too. Let us know. What do you let your kids watch? How do you decide what you let them watch, what you watch as a family? You can drop us an email, spawn at coolmompicks.com. Tweet us at coolmompicks. Use the hashtag spawn show. And you can find us on Facebook and Instagram as well. We would love to hear from you. Let us know what you think. Yes, we love hearing from you. And hopefully you want to hear more from us. In fact, we've got Cool Picks of the Week, as always, right after this. This is a sponsored message from ABC Television. Appreciate honesty? Then you'll love the ABC hit comedy American Housewife back on a new night, Wednesdays, 9.30, 8.30 Central, after Modern Family starting September 27th. Watch your favorite brutally honest, totally relatable mom, Katie Otto, along with her husband, Greg, work to ensure their three kids don't wind up like their Tony Towns Joneses. Critics say American Housewife is a must-watch, unapologetic, and a brave new take on the sitcom Mom. The new season of American Housewife premieres on Wednesday, September 27th, 9.30, 8.30 Central, after Modern Family on ABC. Kristen, I am so glad that Homer has returned as a sponsor once again because we are such big fans. I know. We have loved them for so many years and for really good reason. They help kids learn to read and especially in my house where I have two reluctant readers, this is so important. In fact, we've included them in Cool Mom Tech for years in our list of the best reading apps for kids of the year pretty much every year. I mean, that's how great it is. It's basically a learn to read app for kids two to eight and it does the kind of thing that we love best about educational apps, which is that it makes learning fun. And it's proven, in fact, a recent study, because you know, I like my data. Yeah. I like my data, Kristen. Oh, yeah. <laughs> in a recent study conducted by the former U.S. Assistant Secretary of Education, Dr. Susan B. Newman, and she knows her stuff. It turns out that just 15 minutes a day with the Homer app was shown to increase early reading scores 74%. That's huge. That's some improvement right there. Just, yeah, a <laughs> A lot of improvement. And what I really like about this is that they take the learning offline. So yes, it's an app, but also they are giving kids access to a library of hundreds of printable worksheets, mazes, puzzles, and other activities. So when screen time is over, they have another way to keep learning beyond just reading books. We've been talking in this episode about getting involved with your kids when it comes to media and the yes. same thing comes to learning and apps. And so I really like that you can track your kids' progress 
You can even listen to a recording of them reading books out loud if you want to like check in or, you know, when they're really little. It's kind of nice to have that like a little keepsake, right? Yeah. yeah, So I like that it keeps you involved. And because you can have up to four kids on one subscription, you can customize each channel for your own kids. So if one kid likes trucks and another likes ballerinas and another likes superheroes, you can basically create customized individualized learning tracks for each of them so that every kid reads what they're interested in at their own pace, at their own level. Yeah. And Cool Mom Picks users are getting an exclusive two-month free trial. Which we like free. I Yay, know. Free. Thank That's you, Homer. fantastic. You know, normal subscribers only get 30 days. You guys are going to get two free months. So all you have to do is head over to learnwithhomer.com slash spawn to sign up. And you're going to get to try out this amazing app free for two months. And you know why? Because Spawn listeners are two times more special than other people in the world. All right. Well, now it's time for... Cool Picks of the Week! Cool Picks of the Week! And Liz, I'm curious to know what you've got on your list this week. You know, it's been a while since I picked out a good app. And so our friend Jill Williams Krause, she writes the blog Baby Rabies, and she's kind of a social media juggernaut in her own right. <laughs> she recommended this app called A Color Story. Do you know it? No. No clue. It's, I love photo editing apps because I feel like I'm kind of a okay photographer, not bad. And I'm one of those people who really needs filters and <laughs> like, little <laughs> tricks to help make them better. So I downloaded it last night. I started playing. It's awesome. I can see why she loves it. It's really easy to like add cool filters and brighten things up. It's just, it's like a, it's a quick way to get some of the features that you might feel intimidated to get into with Snapseed. It's just really smart interface. It's easy. You can get like really great poppy color. And if you're bored with like Instagram filters, it just gives you more, it's like a little more photographic looking. Ooh, Um, fun. Yeah, it's fun. It's really fun. I liked it a lot and it's easy to use. In fact, I went and spent the $9.99 on on the like massive jumbo pack of filters and stuff right off the bat. That's how much I liked it. All of the app is free. So it's called A Color Story and you can find it in the App Store. Awesome. Well, I am about to make everyone's day a whole lot funnier because my pick of the week is that hilarious YouTube video that's going around the internet and on Facebook of this Irish family that is trying to catch a bat. <laughs> you just say it like <laughs> And what's funny is that okay, so we let's it's just so funny. Let's tell the story. I texted you this morning and I, I said Liz to mute my microphone. <laughs> <It's so funny. laughs> Look, I love I, that you picked this. <laughs> I say it and you're laughing already. You haven't even seen it. So here's the thing. I texted Liz this morning and I'm like, you have to watch this. It's the funniest thing. And of course, everyone says that. Everyone's like, this is the funniest thing ever. And you watch it and it's kind of funny. Well, Liz texts me back like two minutes later. She's like, I'm dying. And then the next one was, I can't breathe. And then she was like, I'm wheezing now. I, did. I had to take an inhaler. <laughs> it so is hard. so funny. So if you haven't seen it, or maybe you have and you forgot about it, you know, those things go on the internet. You see them and they're gone in a couple of seconds. This is so hilarious. And I'm not sure exactly what it is. It might be their amazing accents. It might be the fact that they're freaked out about a bat in their kitchen. Whatever it is, you have to watch it. Not a baseball bat, like a flying bat flying around the kitchen. (laughs) Yes, a bat flying around the kitchen. So we are going to link that up along with the app and everything we've talked about today on our show over on CoolMomPicks.com. We have a special podcast page where you can go and find everything we've talked about. Please 
take a couple minutes and watch this video. You will not be disappointed. <laughs> There's a, you know, we need to laugh more these days. If you're yes. ever feeling like, oh my God, I'm stressed out. I'm having like parenting issues. School is making me crazy. The news is making me insane. Just like put this video like on your playlist or bookmark it so it's at the top and just watch it anytime you need to laugh. I promise. Catch him. <laughs> just catch him, Derry. Derry, catch him. It's so good. You're doing a great job, Derry. Oh, it's, it's stand up, Derry. Oh. Catch it, Derry. Catch him. it, Derry. Catch it, no, Derry. He's catch making it, a mockery over You're doing boy. a great job, Derry. You're off. <laughs> Take off some shots. The okay. dog's pissing. Dad, the dog's after peeing. The dog is pissing. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much for joining us for another episode of Spawns. And huge thanks to our engineer, John Bowen, who always makes us sound fabulous. Yes, and we love hearing from you. Thank you so much for your reviews on iTunes. We know it takes a little bit of time to go over there and leave them, and we are really grateful for you doing that. When you leave a review, when you subscribe, and when you download the episodes, what that does is it actually helps other people find our podcast. And it's great to be speaking to more than just each other. <laughs> Plus, it's nice because you can listen when you're on the plane, when you're commuting, when you're offline. You don't even have to use up all your data. Yes, absolutely. So thank you so much for doing that. And thanks for listening to Spawn. This is Kristen. And this is Liz. Have a great day. Bye. Bye.